cool, 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 cool. So I'm watching Naruto from the start, and you telling me that nobody could tell my man's that the fourth Hokage was his father. Like, if you look at him, and if you look at Naruto, they look the same. I mean, hair and everything. And everybody's just like, hmm, I don't know, questionable. I don't understand. Like, that. that's as close as a paternity test it's going to take if you're telling me, you know, you look by the hair and a slight smidge of the face, and you just know it's his son. But I don't know. That's my little question of the day of the week it bothers me sometimes anyway welcome back to the podcast another episode with Tom Foolery and foolishness thank you for coming back this week has been uh you know it's been okay I, what is it every day is a holiday and I feel that I mean I'm still working but like every day is a holiday essentially um if you want to get drunk at like two o'clock in the afternoon you can and i will not judge you you deserve it this is the sabbatical of the year take time to take care of yourself this is like the year of treat yourself because this year is just it's a dumpster fire and you deserve to treat yourself ball out get those pair of shoes make a home vacation i don't know eat ice cream for breakfast do what you want because ain't nobody finna judge you. What they gonna do? Nothing. Because you're not going nowhere. And uh, let's get into it. Because I don't know. So, things that happened this week. So, Kamala Harris is the VP for Biden. I usually don't talk about politics. Because politics, the way that it is now, um, it's a whole shit show. I mean, really? It's like, it's like a game of Jenga. It's just all toppling. It's unstable. Somebody just wipe it out with one piece and let's just start over. But uh, Kamala Harris, I believe that's how you say her name. I don't really know. She's the new VP for Joe Biden. I have qualms with this. Um, you know, everybody's like, ooh, person of color. But I was like, also person of color. That's also for mass incarceration and over sentencing and all other types of problematic ways um it's like a backhanded compliment also i i think she's not even fully black but people are trying to use the tokenism of the fact that this is the coin for the black community but i see right through it all i'm gonna say is google do your googles look up facts look up what she stood for before she even dipped into trying to go into the presidency route um same thing with biden and, uh, you know, just I want y'all to read that because it is uh, quite scary and it's quite a contradiction. But you know how you try to clean up to get a vote. Um, but in the same breath, um, like my boy Tommy said, a baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. Even though Tommy, he himself was a savage. Let's not forget that in the Rats movie, he actually was about to murk Phil. Or I'm sorry. Not Phil. Was it Phil? No. Or I'm sorry, he was about to murk Dill. Like, <laughs> my man was about to wipe him from the face of the earth. Like, ready in the forest, about to strike him. It was like Cain and Abel, except with babies. But, um, you know, do what you got to do. You know what to do. I ain't going to pressure y'all, but y'all know what to do. Because we know that Agent Orange got to go. But please vote. Make sure you keep on top of your voting. 
make sure you read about voting, specifically absentee voting with USPS and how they're basically swindling. I saw on Twitter, they're swindling boxes from communities and neighborhoods, basically taking them away because essentially mail is in a crisis right now and it's getting bad. But if you're gonna do absentee or mail-in vote, make sure that you know the deadline, make sure that you know where you can either mail it or drop it in person. And uh, get on top of that, guys. But please, 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 please vote. So serious, please vote. Do not let this happen like how it happened the first time where people were like, haha, just kidding, I'm not really voting. It does matter, it is important. Um, I saw that they're making a fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot. I don't know who asked for this, because I didn't ask for this. But uh, it's a reboot that's, instead of a comedy, it's going to be a drama. And uh, not, I'm not a big fan of it. Let's talk about the fact that uh, that strike of colorism that happened when you had OG on Viv, and then she like disappeared and y'all whitewashed the mess out of her. And then she just became light skin out of nowhere. But uh, also rest in peace to Uncle Phil always and forever. And this is why I have questions because I'm trying to figure out how you're going to do a reboot when you have one of the most main important characters not going to be present. And uh, everybody's like super duper, not everybody, but most of the cast is super duper aged. And I also don't understand what the arc you're going to do. Turning it into a drama, I don't understand what there is of drama. Everybody's grown up now. Essentially, everybody was already grown up when the show ended. So I'm not sure. You know, I think it's just in the world of television right now, uh, specifically television and movies, everybody's just doing a reboot because nobody has ideas anymore. And they're like, yes, let's take nostalgia and what was the 90s and let's just rob you of your memories and create new ones. And I don't want it. But um, I don't know that much about it. I don't think anything has dropped of it. It's just, uh, yeah, as of right now, it's just a trailer that was made by a fan. And I guess that's what caused Will Smith to hop onto it and was like, yes, this is a good idea. I don't know. But uh, we'll see how that happens, I guess. I'm not really excited for it, but you know, you never know. Even though I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be bad, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Oh, Amine dropped a new album a couple days ago. I finally got a chance to listen to it. I listened to it during the gym yesterday. Um, and it is a great album. I very much like it. I was always a big fan of Amine uh, ever since he dropped the single Caroline. And uh, his new album is called Limbo. It's pretty short. It's only like, well, actually, no, it's not that short. I'm lying. It's under an hour. It's like 40 something minutes. I was really mad. Actually, I wanted more songs. But uh, I listened to his album and I thought it was really good. It kind of is a new album of him stepping into a place of maturity and really becoming himself and kind of identifying himself as an adult. In the album, he talks about how the fact that Kobe Bryant's death really shook him and it affected him and it kind of made him wake up from the fact that I guess he's 26 now. And I guess that ever since before 
what happened with Kobe's death and before him, he was just in a place of being, I, I'm assuming a child or, you know, just not a grown man, whatever that is, being a grown up or an adult, because really, honestly, adults are still children just trying to figure out how to be more responsible. Um, but in the album, he talks about that. He also talks about his mom, the aspiration that he has of becoming a parent. And I think it was just a really good album. <laughs> love the flow, love the message, love how he has. And and I know like the new wave is the fact that artists are doing the whole little interview talks before a track, in a track, at the end of a track, an interlude, whatever. And sometimes it can be overplayed. Sometimes it's not necessary. But with this, I thought it was really cool because he mixed it well as a transition and he distorted his voice throughout it where it didn't feel like he was monologuing. But definitely look into that. Uh, my top song from this whole album is uh, Woodlawn or Shimmy, but the whole album is a bop, either way. So look into that. What else has happened? Oh, so Jody Turner, who I'm not that familiar with, like I know Sis adjacently. Uh, so Jody Turner, she played in Queen and Slim, she was queen. And in this article, it basically talks about how the fact that she spent four days in labor. Uh, she just had a kid and she essentially spent four days in labor before giving birth to her child um, at home. And I thought this was a very interesting article. I also did not know that she was British. You kind of never do now uh, with most British actors playing African-Americans. And you would just never know unless you double into their personal life. That's neither here nor there. Um, she essentially talked about her journey with motherhood. And this article kind of raised a lot of uh, interest in me because specifically she focuses on the fact of being scared of being a pregnant black woman, right? Um, black women, their health, just overall their safety, everything, it's always in danger. It has been in danger since day one. And being a black woman and being pregnant, specifically in this time period, it's a life or death situation. Now she decided to have a home birth because she realized that um, there has been so many negative outcomes, specifically of how black women will be pregnant. They'll go into labor, you'll go into the hospital and you'll never ever come out alive. Whether that's you yourself, sometimes it's you and your baby. I know there was a story about a YouTuber and I don't know this couple, but essentially um, this YouTuber couple, they were pregnant and she went into the hospital to give birth to her, her son, I believe they were gonna have, and her and her son both died in the process of labor. Um, so she decided, given the fact of pregnancy-related deaths, how black women will come into the hospital, talking about their symptoms, being misdiagnosed, telling them that they're supposed to go home. Sometimes you're diagnosed with preeclampsia, and then you're told you're supposed to have the baby earlier than expected. And um, it's just, it's a very scary thing. Um, and she decided to take it upon herself to have an at-home birth um, because she wanted to essentially be alive. And she wanted to have that safety of knowing that A, she would be able to see her kid, B, that she would be able to deliver in a healthy uh, setting and in state of mind, and that at least that it's inside of her home and she has a handmaid or whoever helped her to actually listen to her and make sure that she has a healthy birth. Um, and I thought, you know, it was just, it was a very interesting article. 
more power to her. And I know that's a very big decision because having an at-home birth, it can be mad stressful. Like having a baby in itself is stressful. And the fact that you're doing it at home, not with any of the professional doctors, not having professional equipment, but inside your home, it can be a bit of a difficulty. However, on the bright side or on the other side is the fact that you are in the safety and you're in a place that you know, essentially nine out of 10 chances that what would go wrong in the hospital won't go wrong in your own house. So congratulations to her. Um, she had a daughter and I think that's, you know, beautiful and, you know, more power to her. And hopefully I guess she shared this story because, you know, obviously it's uh, true for her to tell A and B, I think it serves some sort of inspiration for other black women to maybe consider the fact that if you decide to have a kid, that having at-home delivery would be safer than going to the hospital. So yeah, what else? Oh, so I watched On the Record a couple of days ago. Yeah, a couple of days ago, I watched On the Record. I talked about this like in a couple of episodes earlier in the podcast, but essentially On the Record is the documentary covering the sexual assault charges regarding Russell Simmons. Um, I watched the documentary. It's a very good documentary. I think tonight or tomorrow, it's actually going to be live on Twitter for other people to watch. But if you have a chance to watch it, please watch it. It's on HBO. Um, it's a very good documentary. It's a very interesting documentary. And I know that for the most part, in, in the sense, his uh, the accusations against him ran from like 1988 all the way up to 2014. But I watched the documentary and the main uh, person who was the spokesperson for this whole documentary was Drew Dixon, along with several other women. Let me see if I can look it up. So the main people in the documentary that is spoken on is Drew Dixon, Kimberly Williams Crenshaw, Karina Mayo, and Tarena Burke. I hope I'm saying their names right. But these women um, essentially, and several other women as well, have shared stories regarding being sexually assaulted. Um, oh, and also Sila Abram, Sherry Hines, Jenny Lumet, and Alexa Norton-Jones have been included in the documentary. Um, so watching this documentary, it was very hard to get through near the middle and the end um, because it was the fact that these women, all of them specifically stated what happened. And um, Drew Dixon, when she talked about the fact that she went through the whole process of even talking about the fact that she didn't want to speak out on it, the fact that she didn't want to go on record and how she really kept it to herself and just left it alone after all these years. But because that she saw other women, and also, side note, it also focused on the fact that the breakdown of feminism and how black women and people of color are marginalized and excluded from the feminist movement, specifically with Me Too, right? Me Too started with a black woman and then it got erased and overshadowed with white women. And that's the only narrative that's, being focused on and not the fact that black women, women of color are the ones, even aside from white women, not saying that they get taken advantage of, but black women and women of color are most preyed upon and most sexually assaulted 
and targeted and nobody cares about that. It was only the voices of white actors that actually got publicized. But Drew Dixon, she talked about the fact that she saw women speaking um, with Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein and she realized the importance and the bravery of her speaking out and how she can serve as a voice of other women who have also been assaulted. And I think in total, there have been 20 um, allegations and stories that have been exposed regarding Russell and his uh, sexual assaults. Yes, 20 or over 20, 20 women, ever since he started from Def Jam all the way up into up into his own record label, Drew Dixon, um, her story was very captivating as well as the other women. And essentially, um, the biggest thing, the biggest highlight that is focused with all these women is, was the fact that it wasn't that they wanted not to tell this story. They knew that if they said something that nobody would believe them. Right. And it just keeps focusing on the fact that nobody listens to black women. People only listen to black women when it's only convenient or when the time is right, or when, like how she even pointed out that she had privilege of being a light-skinned woman. And no tea, no shade, but most of the women that have been assaulted, if not all of the women that have been assaulted by Russell Simmons were light-skinned or white. And because that they were fair-skinned or Caucasian, they have the privilege of being more appealing and having their voices being considered and their stories actually being credible versus women who are brown skin and dark skin and she knew that and she realized even with that privilege um that there was an advantage versus somebody who like lupita nyango and even other women um of that skin shade if they were to when they spoke out with harvey weinstein or bill cosby or anybody else in hollywood that talked about their sexual assault how it got cast away to the wayside and nobody didn't really care but um, it was a very good documentary. I applaud all these women in their bravery. Please, please, please watch it. Please understand that the fact that in it, it even speaks upon the fact that this is not bashing uh, black men in any type of way, shape or form. How black women, even though they suffer sexual assault and abuse, that they still cape and fight for the fact of black men. And that there was guilt and carrying guilt and shame and carrying the fact that if they spoke about their story, that they would cast down another black man into the system. But it also shared the fact that those are two different points and two different narratives. So please watch the documentary. Um, I give it a 10 out of 10, a good story of raw truth with actual, you know, facts, you know, people are like, oh, well, where's, you know, the evidence and, oh, I need facts and everything like that. And the fact is that their stories are enough. Um, all their stories, in a sense, carry the same plight of how they were being seduced, how they were being harassed, how they were being pressured, how he essentially, with predatory behavior, wanted everything to be comfortable and how when saying no, and even the setup of how to even get them alone in their room, all of it. Um, each of their stories that they brought up, all of it was very consistent in the beginning of how he made his attempts known and how they denied and just how he did not care and just took advantage. So yeah. Okay. <clears throat> 
So the thing that I wanted to bring up today, or the main thing that everybody and their mom have been talking about for the past couple of days has been WAP. And uh, WAP, WAP, WAPI, WAP, WAP, WAP. WAP was released by Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B. WAP, I don't want to say it. Do I want to say it? WAP stands for that wet, wet, right? But in this segment, I'm going to say WAP, and I'm going to add another initial to this. WAP, W-A-Y-P, matter of fact, for everybody that decides they want to be a minister and preach on the internet, is why are you press? So WAP release, uh, I don't really like Cardi B like that. Cabela's doesn't do it for me. I have qualms with Cabela's. Uh, and I feel like Cabela's is just like, you know, very, uh, Cabela's is, it's a hit or miss for me, but, um, you know, the song came out and at first I was not going to listen to it. I was interested because Meg the Stallion was on it. And, you know, I love Stallion, captain of the boat, AKA Tina Snow, AKA young hottie, love her. But I said, mm, I, and I felt like even like reading the title and I saw snippets of the music video. Um, I said, I, I don't think it's that good of a song. I, I really don't. I think it was like more of the sense of it just had like a nice good 808 and a nice good hook. And uh, it would reel the people in as new rap does today. But I caved in and I listened to the song. I even watched the video. And um, the song is not that great. <laughs> the video, as much as people are hyping it, it's heavy with CGI. I will say that the hairstyles and the dress and the dancing are look. I will give it that. But uh, the song, you know, it's cool. It's definitely something to play in the club for a turn up to get ratchet at the pool party. And I'm not going to knock it down because, you know, Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B are out here, you know, paving the way for female rappers and um, doing the thing. And I, you know, I can't knock that. But the reason why I want to bring this up is because WAP came out and I promise you every man with an opinion and a mouth decided to speak on this and was convicted like they was in church and turned into a whole minister trying to preach a sermon about how they're defaming femininity, how they're a bad example. I saw, you know, a man on the internet talking about how Cardi B and Meg the Stallion now are essentially affecting his daughter and he has a daughter to raise and this is a bad way to influence little girls and everything is like a child supposed to know about a song like this and um I wanted to talk about this because people are acting like WAP came out is the first song that talks about uh women's sexual nature sex in general um, and people are forgetting about Freaknik, songs in the 80s, songs in the 90s. Uh, remember when Lollipop came out? Remember when Or nah came out? Remember, you know, Slob on my knob? Like, y'all just, I don't know, I guess we got amnesia up in here today. But um, the gaggle is, right, is that it's like women in rap, they talk about one sexual experience and automatically it's thoughtness right? It's automatically, you're a terrible influence. How dare you do that, right? 
and men out here releasing the same album every single month, it's like, <laughs> not even every single year, every single month, a single that talks about the same thing. Um, the misogyny is, uh, whew, the misogyny is seething, seething very hard. And um, I just need y'all to mind y'all business, right? If we're going to cast a stone, we got to cast both sides of the stone. Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B are not defaming anything. If anything, they just having fun on the track. If you are triggered and bothered by it, then you need to look within yourself. Because half of these men, if not 85% that are talking about WAP, are over here, you know what I'm saying, subscribing to the OnlyFans and has a subscription to Pornhub and follows all the light-skinned thotties on Instagram. So I don't understand where this conviction is coming from. Um, but please seek help. Go to therapy for these issues. Do not go to the internet and try to bash women and tell them what they need to be doing. I don't know. This wasn't for me. This was from management. They asked me to speak on it. Like I said, I don't make the rules. But um, yeah, I just, I have questions, you know. In the world of music, in the world of rap, right? Everything is heavily influenced with sex, drugs, gangbanging, and posing about what you about that life when you're really not about it. Meg Thee Stallion, you know, her rapping's always been, she had been about that life. She speaks on that life. She's a testament to it. I'm pretty sure all the people that she's been involved with and even her friends and family speak on it and she ain't going to front about it. Cardi B, uh, same thing. I mean, you know, she's been talking about that ever since she released Bodak Yellow. They haven't been capping about this at all. I just, I feel like people have decided now, I don't know, maybe because of video or y'all just bored. Like I said, quarantine brings out the stupid in people that you decide that you want to have a little sermon on the soapbox about what women need to do. But y'all faves out here beating women and being colorist and harassing black women on the internet, but still, you know, secretly clicking on that OnlyFans. I don't know. Just get it together. It smells musty, right? All the tweets and all the sermons that I'm watching, it smells musty and it smells like three in one conditioner and shampoo. It just, and it feels ashy. It really does. I just, it's not cute. This is not how you're going to get the Twitter followers. And this is not how you're going to get that baddie to respond to your DMs. Okay. Let's not forget how Lori Harvey, half of y'all was lusting over her like a piece of meat, like harassing this woman. All because she showed the yeeks, but somehow, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> it just make it make sense. Um, but yeah, just mind your business. You know, Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, they are not forcing anything on anybody. Y'all consensually looked at this video and you consensually listened to the song. Doesn't mean that your kids have to. Be a job, you know, do your job as a parent and make sure that they don't get exposed to that versus falling prey on artists trying to do their job. I don't know. But that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please comment, like, and subscribe. Tell me what you want to hear. If you have questions, slide in lay DMs. Send them to me. I would love to hear them. Love to open up for discussion. Please stay healthy. Please wear your mask. Oh yes, I'm gonna say this every episode because 
because. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Person, um, but everybody's like person of color, but like also person of color that's also for mass incarceration and over sentencing and a bunch of other problematic things. Or I'm sorry, not Phil. Was it Phil? No. Or I'm sorry, he was about to murder Bill regarding um, the sexual assault accusations against Russell Simmons.